Hello, welcome, welcome everyone. Uh, I'm Biggest Benus. This is Jet Streamers, and uh, well, let me go and give you a little spiel here. Welcome to everyone on board today. It is January the 25th, 2021, and today we're flying from Istanbul, Turkey, to the stunning Amasya. I actually googled how to pronounce it. Amasya, uh, which is another city across the north of the country in the Black Sea region of Turkey. Uh, this is the first time we've ever had a flight that didn't cross over any borders. Um, but after researching Amasya, it seems to be a beautiful place. And apparently my camera is broken. So this is a great start already. <laughs> what a... Okay, well, maybe a deactivate and a reactivate. Will that work? It does work. There we are. Sometimes that's all... <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Just turn it off and on again. You know, the amount of times that actually works is surprising. Far too often. As you can hear, our co-pilot today is the one and the only. Everyone here knows knows them, but here they are. It's the one and the only. Jeff Brutlag, who hello, is a, hello, a variety streamer and a writer from the US. And in just a few moments, we'll be taking off. Let me just adjust our audio levels so that we can all hear everybody perfectly. Uh, but we're going to dim the lights and get ready for takeoff. Buckle up. And uh, just remember, in case of an emergency, you are in a metal tube being shot through the sky. So good luck. Um, welcome, Jeff. Are you, a, are you a nervous flyer or are you okay? Oh, gosh, no. I've been on planes several times. So, like, it's all it's all just, like, just a process for me. It's just, just like, eh, I'm here. <laughs> We're taking off. It's fine. Um, I've sat next to people who get really scared, and I'm like, you're going to be fine, I promise. Oh, you're the opposite. So you're the one that keeps people calm. Yeah, I try my best. And we, like, I, the anticipation of flying, I get really nervous. Like, and then when I sit on the plane, I'm like, oh, this is great. I can't wait. I'm going <laughs> to, in two hours, I'm going to be somewhere exciting or wherever. Mm -hmm. uh, so nice. And right now, this is, this is the actual safest place, as we're just about to take off. This is the safest uh, type of flight you will have, because Jeff and I, we are on the same flight, but we're thousands and thousands of miles apart so you know stay safe people socially distance socially oh. distance from a thousand miles apart exactly <laughs> on the same plane it's weird uh, welcome jeff uh, do, have you ever been to turkey i have not oh my gosh i don't think i've actually been to any um countries in like the european area yeah no i think about it one second i've uh, brilliant i'm uh <laughs> This, this is one of the reasons why I'm really looking forward to getting a second PC soon, because right now everything uh, just keeps changing on my screen, but it's all oh, going no. now. We haven't crashed. We haven't crashed. Um, okay. But yeah, this is Jetstreamers, where I, we're doing a round-the-world trip. We started off in Cardiff months and months ago, and we were eventually going to arrive back there at some point, probably in <laughs> about three years, who knows, especially when we go over the US. And also, Jeff, you are the last person on, I would say, phase one of this, because there is going oh. to be... Uh, a pause of a few months while a new PC gets delivered. Um, Ooh, okay. So in future, these will be the graphics will be even better. But uh, you are part. You're at the end of phase one, and uh, so and also I'm hopefully in future going to be introducing some panels as well. So uh, Ooh, that'd be really exciting. I was about to say yeah, we'll have to yeah, bring some people back. But anyway, let's start at the very very beginning. Um, why did you decide one day that you wanted to stream? Well, I was originally doing content on YouTube, actually, and I, while I was, it was great to learn, like, the whole process of uh, cutting together a video and trying to make content through there, uh, it wasn't really getting the kind of engagement that I wanted out of content creation. Um, and Twitch streaming has all, had always been something that appealed to me because I knew it was so heavily 
related to gaming, and I had been gaming since I was like five years old. So I was like, you know, I never had the hardware quite to do it, but once I realized like I actually could because I had my PS4, I was like, let's just let's just boot up a stream and try it. So I had a couple friends there um, that were watching, and then after after my first stream, which was Resident Evil Seven. Okay. Um, Good game. Uh, <laughs> one of my friends who had been on Twitch like since almost the very beginning, she was like, I think you could do pretty well at streaming. So then I just I started making a regular schedule out of it. And now here we are. What did you think of Resident Evil 7 streaming that? Um, I loved it. Uh, I really love horror games. Um, I don't get super scared of them easily anymore. Um, at that time, I was still kind of in like the, I need a little bit, of, I need like a friend with me to play this with. So streaming streaming it was that sense of like having somebody there with me to go through it so it felt a little more comforting have you played the uh resident evil village demo yet no but i'm planning on it this uh this week because it looks stunning and i can't wait to get stabbed in the face by a vampire lady <laughs> it's brilliant i posted that i don't know if you saw it i posted it on uh, on the tiktok because i've uh, been told you know it's a good idea to kind of spread things out over different socials and i uploaded a a TikTok of me getting stabbed in the face by uh, the tall lady and it's got over 21,000 views and stuff like that. It's, it's weird. Like every now and again, I'll, I'll get a video, 300 views, 400 views. Then for some reason that one. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Nobody seems to really understand how the TikTok algorithm works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, they'll just be like, this one's going to be great. And then it'll get like 200 plays and you're like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then you just put another random one, 20,000. Yeah. It's yeah, interesting scrolling it's... through some people's TikToks and every now and again, you'll see one that's just got, like tens of thousands of views yeah and you're like i just threw that one up there yeah. <laughs> i didn't think that was gonna happen but okay brilliant um so i mean the big question is why do you enjoy streaming oh my goodness it's um i mean the answer that everyone says is the community and i i can't not say that because it is one of my favorite parts about it i think with twitch you have such an access to so many different people i mean like you're you're on the like the other side of the freaking world so like i without streaming i wouldn't have met so many people across the globe uh that are so just amazing and learning from their experiences and creating a safe space where they can talk about those experiences i think is absolutely wonderful um and then on like the bare like content side of it it's, it's kind of nice to just have a shared experience with people whether it's uh, through a game that you've played by yourself, like already that you have experience with kind of sharing that with people, or if you're playing a game for the first time with people and maybe it's their first time seeing it. Um, it's just nice to have that like shared experience with, um, a live audience. Yeah. And it, I suppose we are similar and everyone that I've had on Jetstreamer so far has been similar because we have got a community or we've built communities, um, that we streamed with. Whereas you see some streamers who are like maybe focused on esports or other or have these huge, huge, huge channels. I feel like there isn't a community there or there's no you can't be you can't be as personal as you can with our types of communities. Yeah, sometimes it kind of feels like people are just kind of shouting into the void and maybe there are some interactions that happen in there and who knows. But yeah, no, like when it comes to like community based streamers, I feel like the community really starts to take a life of its own and What's nice is like you're the one that ended up being the person to curate that community by how you lead it. Yeah. What What do you find works for you with streaming? What kind of is your, if somebody were to come by and you'd never seen a, a Jeff Brutlag stream before, what would what can they expect from you? Um, 
extreme unapologetic gayness. <laughs> um, I will, we will talk about being gay at least once every 10 minutes. Uh, so that's not for you. Peace out. See you later. Yeah. Um, but I think you can also just expect a lot of just shenanigans. I can't, I don't know if I can really put it another, another way. Um, if we're playing a game that, you know, I've never played before, it's just a lot of really dumb reactions to things, especially if it's horror games. I just, I get super sarcastic at everything because that's my way of dealing with anxiety. (laughs) And also just like, you know, when you look at it, horror is just kind of ridiculous. So I just tend to look at it and I'm just like, oh, this is gross and silly. Um, So it's just uh, a nice place where we kind of shoot the shit and uh, have a, have a nice cozy uh, little, little hangout with each other. What kind of horror games uh, do you like? Do you find, oh, we've lost a Jeff. Oh, we lost, we lost, we lost Jeff, but I'm sure Jeff will be coming back. (laughs) Hope. But uh, I was going to ask Jeff about what his, oh, there we go. Okay. That was weird. I like that it said it disconnected, even though nothing in my apartment did. It's like, okay, weird. (laughs) One second. Let me go. I'll have to click record again. That's fine. That's totally fine. Um, There we go. Um, So Jeff just went for a walk. (laughs) Oh, you know, I just (laughs) jumped out of the plane. (laughs) He pressed the eject button. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm out. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Wandering through the wilderness of uh, some like a nice Turkish mountain area, mountainous oh, it looks, area. It's, it's be- it looked so beautiful, I couldn't help it. Exactly, wanted a closer look. <laughs> exactly. I was going to ask you what what kind of horror games work best for you? Um, like when? Oh, not like work best. Which ones do you enjoy? Because I'm very specific about my horror games. I do like mm. them, but they like Resident Evil, new new Resident Evil games are ones that are kind of thrillers. I prefer and they have to be really good. What kind of, are you one that doesn't mind those that give you just cheap thrills, you know, jump scares from every corner? Honestly, I'm, I'm not super picky with my horror. Um, I can, I'll really try most things. Um, I really, really enjoy, like my favorite horror games are the Silent Hill series Mm. um, because it's so, it's so deeply psychological and um, atmospheric. And there's just like a, it's not so much horror, like, it's not so much terror, which is, you know, is things coming out at you and scaring you and like giving you that like big reaction, but more so things that like last with you that are just so disturbing. Yeah. Um, but I really do kind of like the one time I did stream uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, like I had a fun time with it because it's like, it's so you're just, you're waiting for something to happen. You know, it's coming. Like <laughs> I have fun with that because like everyone who's watching like knows it's coming, like just going to get scared out of their damn mind. Uh, and I do every single time because like jump scares will get me, but like blood and guts and like intestines all over the place. I'm like, that's gross. And I just walk away. Yeah. I've never played that, but I know it's in VR and I do have a two VR headsets. So I'm like, do I want to play that no, in no. VR? No, no. <laughs> I will stay happily away from that in VR. That's actually what I did with yeah, Final Fantasy, no, Final Fantasy, um, Resident Evil 7. I played in VR and that was Ooh. terrifying, but it was like one of those experiences, you know, when you play a 3D game for the first time or you're playing, it, it was just such a wild new experience that it lasted with me. And after about, I know it's a while, but after about two hours, it doesn't, it's not as scary. You just get used to it. Mm. So those two hours are absolutely terrifying and and enjoyable. And then it just, then it's just enjoyable. But also it helped as well. I think Resident Evil 7 wasn't that scary later on. 
Uh, yeah, I feel like the Resident Evil games tend to follow that, where like it gets very like dark and scary and like kind of like builds your intrigue in the beginning, and then the last half of it is just like a dark action movie. Yeah, that's what I found so far as well. Yeah. Um, so, how did you find streaming at the start when you were playing Resident Evil Seven right at the beginning? Obviously, in your community was. Did you say so? You you were doing YouTube videos, and we actually have a question from Ed later about your YouTube series. Did you manage to bring a lot of those people across to Twitch, or were you like starting from the from the ground up? Um, some pe I think uh, the people who showed up regularly to start, I think, were already somewhat active on Twitch. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I'm not sure necessarily that I like brought anyone on there, but I definitely the first games I started playing were more along the lines of uh, kind of scarier, um, darker themes. I think the next game I played after that was um, the Walking Dead Telltale series. Okay. And um, so that's definitely what I started with. And uh, it was interesting because I don't like it was nice to see that there were people, you know, when you're starting out streaming, it was nice to see that there are people who want to come in to somebody who's just starting yeah. um, that are doing kind of more like heavily story driven games because, you know, someone who started on Twitch, you know, I knew that like things like Overwatch and, um, you know, I think at the time PUBG was like one of the bigger things too. <laughs> That's why I started so, streaming when I started. <laughs> right. Saturated. So like there's a lot of, a lot of things where like there's not necessarily like a heavy story and like it's just kind of repetitive and kind of like not necessarily predictable but like things in a way where like um different things could happen within the match but it's yeah. not like one big story to follow it was nice to see that like there was an audience for the kind of games that i wanted to stream mm. yeah and do you find as well that more people can find you that way as well uh, were they quite saturated i mean walking deads was quite popular at the time wasn't it I think so. I think there was some new, there was new content coming out for it at the time. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess as far as like, yeah, the whole like oversaturation bit, it wasn't um, as much of a thing. I think I noticed I, that's like during the beginning, I think was like when I started noticing the, uh, the tendency for, especially when like bigger games get released where people don't want it spoiled. Yeah. I think that's where I started to be like, Oh, <laughs> like there, this can definitely be like a double edged sword where it's like, yeah. Um, people don't want to get spoiled for this reason, but also like it's literally has just come out. <laughs> so yeah. like uh, that could also be a little much a bit of a struggle for myself. I got a question from Ed. I'm going to have it now before he said, uh, just started out to started off on YouTube. Um, how did YouTube influence your style of streaming? Did it? I think the biggest thing that it did was actually help me be comfortable on camera. Um, just being able to, to talk, uh, because I notice a lot of people who do start streaming have never really done anything on camera before. So you can tell that they're trying to get used to like the live aspect of it while also getting used to having just their face on camera. Yeah. So I think for me, it really gave me comfortability to just be able to just kind of riff off of like something that might be happening uh, in the game that we're playing. Or if I, you know, if, you know, people in chat might just be kind of like getting a little sleepy. Um, like if I need to find a way to like, start the conversation again or like I just I can just talk in a way that's not necessarily like weird because I don't like feel awkward trying to like talk to myself in a room yeah um what have you learned along the way because of how long have you been streaming now on oh, Twitch gosh. 
almost four years. I think I started in around, like I started regularly streaming in March of 2017. We almost the same. I was January 2017. Wow. Yeah. Wild. And then when we both got partnered last year as well. Yeah. So, Perhaps for both our of journeys us, together, very linked. What have you Love learned that. along the way? So obviously, yeah, you've been streaming for, yeah, nearly uh, four years. What have you learned along the way that you wish you'd known when you first started streaming? Oh my gosh. Um, I think I'm, this isn't something I always like think about <laughs> um, because I think it still feels so, it still feels so fun. So I think one of my biggest lessons for anybody would just be to have fun with it. Like, I think a lot of us when it comes to content creation tend to get a little too focused on the details and like how it needs to look exactly. But honestly, what I found is that, you know, if you have fun with it, people are going to have fun with it too. Uh, so I think that's, you know, one of the biggest things I would have told myself uh, starting with it because I had such anxieties about whether or not people were even going to like what I was doing. So, and I still did. I still have that <laughs> almost four years later. So. Have you, have you like changed the type of games that you play or have you like the way that you did everything at the start? Is that the same as how you do it now? You know, what's funny is actually when I first started, I feel like I was less, um, less strict about the type of games I chose. So I think as I've started streaming longer and getting to know the sort of the, um, so what I'm thinking about, but like, just kind of how Twitch works as like its own sort of society in a way. Mm. Um, and the type of games that people will come and watch. Um, as I've grown as a streamer, it's started to, I've started to have to think of like the intersection of like what I want to play versus like what people are actually going to want to come and watch. Yeah. Because like I think when I was first streaming and I didn't have to take it like as seriously, um, as like now when I'm full-time streaming is, you know, I was like, oh, I'm just going to play this game because I'm interested and it sounds great. Um, but nowadays, like if I just want to do that, it's like, oh, well, there might not be an audience for that. Like my community might not want to watch that. Mm. Um, so now it becomes a, there's definitely a lot more work in the sense where it's like gauging the interest of my community when it comes to the content I want to do. Yeah, no, I definitely, especially if you're, because uh, how many hours a day do you stream? Uh, typically around five to five and a half, sometimes six if we're making some really good progress in the game. Yeah, and what game are you playing right now? Uh, the biggest uh, game we've been do hitting is uh, Hades. Yeah, so. I saw a comment in the chat earlier saying, uh, when I asked you what to expect from your chat, we had thirsting over attractive guys in Hades. <laughs> Called <Yeah>. out. <laughs> Yeah, don't think you were. Alone. It's been a, it's been a lot. Like literally every, you can't like every god in that game is. Yeah, they yeah. knew what they were doing. They knew oh, yeah. their audience. <laughs> mm -hmm. Have you beaten it yet? Have you escaped? No. Um, mild spoiler alert. Um, apparently, you have to do like a certain amount of clears before you completely finish the story. Oh. Um, so I have not. I'm like a little. I'm like a little over halfway. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Yeah. I haven't escaped. I, I got the game in 2018. I think it was when uh, when it was at early access, and I I keep going and playing a few runs, and then stop for a bit, and then have to relearn all the controls. It's it's fine. You know what? And that, I feel like the game makes it easy on you to be able to just jump right back into it, though. Yeah. I I, I at first I was a bit kind of confused for a second, but I realized it's just like maybe one run. Let's do one run, and then you get the controls back, and then you, yeah. the rest ones are, are pretty good. Pretty much. There's some guy in his. Uh, Minotaur, Minotaur, who really 
just destroyed me last time and put me off it. <laughs> oh, so what was it? Somebody somebody called him the um, the garbage himbo recently. Garbage I was watching himbo? somebody. Garbage himbo in the Minotaur. And I was like, yep, makes sense. <laughs> uh, I couldn't remember his name. I said Jesus and the Bull. I think he was because I couldn't remember. It was something similar. Similar That's to fine that. fine too. <laughs> uh, Ed, by the way, just says in the chat, Dionysus has thighs. Listen, I... You know what's funny is like when I first saw him is that's where my eyes first went. Yeah. <laughs> just went right to the thighs. I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> Crush your neck. Anyway, mm. um, do you have any advice then for people? So obviously talking back to you, you know, when you first started, you said you'd just tell yourself to have fun. What mm. advice would you give to people starting on Twitch now? Um, I would definitely tell people not to... Definitely not to take it too seriously. I think a lot of people want to get a lot of things right and they want to they see the streamers that they're watching and want to be, you know, take influence from them. Um, but no matter what kind of streamer you're going to be, it's just it's going to be you. Um, so people are going to want to watch for you um, more so than, you know, all the bells and whistles that you're putting on your stream. So I would say just use what you have right now. Mm. Um, just start up a stream and see if you even like it. I think a lot of people try to put a lot of these eggs in like a streaming basket and try to get it all right, right before they even hit go live. And it's like, honestly, just, just fine. Just push the go live button. See if you even like it. If you like it, go from there. Yeah. Because then you'll have more fun with the actual setting up of the stream before you even decide to start. Yeah, if you're building, if you don't necessarily have a community or know so many people and you're spending ages setting it all up and then you go live and one person tunes in it might be a bit disheartening won't it yeah i think putting in all that work just to like be like oh only you know people didn't really show up like that's still great as yeah. like someone who just started a stream also but i also would definitely say if you're someone who wants to grow with streaming get social media and be active on it yes okay yeah, that was a kind of a follow-up kind of question i was thinking of is how do how would you recommend people grow up or grow a community because you've got a very close one. Yeah, um, definitely. I think when you're first starting out, um, grab some friends like you know who like gaming or who are on Twitch and let them know that you're going to be streaming. That way you can at least have a start and have a, the beginnings of an active community. Hmm. Um, but I think from there, also start interacting with people on social media. Um, interact with other streamers you like. Um, start talking about games that you like and the fact that you're even going to be streaming. Um, I think people being able to see that sort of human side to you and see your excitement for video games or whatever content you may be making on Twitch, I think that's a really good uh, gateway for people to want to come and watch you in the first place. Yeah. Uh, Michael says that his first month was 0.6 average viewers. It takes time. It does. It does. Yeah. Also, I recommend always have a dashboard open with the image and a tab. I remember when I first started out, that gives you two extra views. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, I always had... I remember, yeah, there would be one person in the chat, but I would have three viewers because I had the, yeah, the stream preview open and a tab. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Give yourself an extra... And also you can then... And the extra tab also gives you... You know, you can go and check if the chat for some reason disappears or things like that. Well, hey, anyone trying to get affiliate, that's actually really good info. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the bare minimum for affiliate, like, it's is really not that hard if you if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Just get your parents, give them a call to get them to uh, to watch yeah. it. Um, so 
going on to like as an LGBTQIA plus streamer, how do you find streaming as somebody openly gay? For me, it hasn't, if there's been anything, you know, any challenges, uh, I haven't necessarily noticed them. Uh, I mean, there's the obvious trolling that you get, you know, people coming in. But I think for me, who's been on the, someone who's been on the internet and been creating content for a while, that doesn't bother me anymore because I just, I know it's going to happen. Should it be happening? Of course not. But I, I've come to expect it. And it just, it honestly just rolls right off troll can come up with the most disgusting heinous thing to say about me and i'd be like okay yeah <laughs> sorry that you're so sad that you know you're gonna just come in and try to ruin someone else's day but um i think honestly really the only challenge is sometimes seeing that you know there's definitely less of an audience i can have simply because uh i'm in the lgbtqia community uh, so if I if, if I notice my thoughts kind of get around that, you know, sense of, you know, there's not there are going to be a bunch of people who won't even click on my stream. Mm. Uh, and there's this whole untapped audience that I don't have because of that um, is a little it's it's hard to hear. I think it's, and it's definitely more of a societal issue and, you know, attitudes around that when it comes to gaming more so than, you know, anything else. But I think that can be that can hit a little hard sometimes. But it's so nice to know that, you know. There is such a whole supportive group yeah. of people within the LGBTQIA community and a whole bunch of, you know, even allies, too, that uh, I've come to know over the years that have really supportive communities. And do you think as well, like the opposite happens? There are some people who will only click on the LGBTQIA um, tag because true. they'll feel yeah, and protected there. Yeah, which I think is I think is great because I think we need more spaces where people can feel like that, mm. just feel safe. Yeah. Yeah, in the chat, I've just seen a couple of people saying they they only click on the LGBT tag, but also there are plenty of people, plenty of like uh, non-LGBT people who will check out that tag because they know it's going to be a place where it's not just going to be well, hopefully not full of toxicity. Right. Although there is, it's not policed, <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah, mm. but no, I mean that's a it's a good point to know that you know at least you can hope that if you're you're clicking on a stream with that LGBTQIA plus tag on there that they are someone, you know, even if it's a straight person using it, which is a whole different discussion. Yeah. Um, there's at least somewhat of a cognizance of, you know, I'm somewhat aware of the issues here and um, there's not going to be any toxicity, hopefully, knock on wood, related yeah. to that. You'd hope. Yeah, that yeah. I, th I saw that's come around again on Twitter. I think uh, allies using the tag. Every, I don't even think it's every six months. It's like every two and a half. It's get, it's getting a little more frequent. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, and I, I wish I. Uh, they need to change that little sub thing when you hover over it when they say it's for allies oh yeah, as well. To just saying that it's for the community. I I agree. What's that excuse? Doesn't uh, listen to listen to people. Yep, that's what they need to do. Like trans tag. Listen to trans people. Do they want the tag? Yep. <laughs> Yep, I think it's absolutely um, the it's just the audacity for a company like you know to be able to say that you know this is what we think is best for a community that we don't speak for is yeah very telling <laughs> and it's not the first time yeah <laughs> sure won't be the last what do you so I've got a question like what do you like best about streaming you said community but maybe what about actually streaming games is there anything 
that you like particularly that maybe you haven't mentioned already that you like about streaming? Because you do quite a lot of just chatting as well, don't you? Yeah, so I always start my streams with chatting for at the minimum an hour uh, because I like to have just a set amount of time where all I'm doing is conversing with people who come by um, because that's definitely the part that I enjoy the most. Uh, But when it comes to the actual games that I play, I think I, I honestly just like seeing, you know, different types of games and I like getting to have my own commentary on it. I think in like my wildest of dreams, like I'd always wanted to be like, some sort of like talk show host. Like sometimes when I think like, it wouldn't be cool if I just like had my own like show where I just react to things all the time. Um, And I think just like getting to like have this commentary and um, I'm also someone who looks into like sort of like the rhetoric of like storytelling and whatnot in games and uh, how games tell a story. So honestly, when like games have different methods of storytelling, I love making comments on it and like getting into like a deep dive of how especially when it comes to like queer representation in games, um, getting to have discussions around that and talking about, you know, how it's great and how it can be improved uh, and getting more insight from a community of people, you know, that identify differently from me is, um, I think, one of the best things about uh, streaming, especially as a queer streamer. Mm. Um, as the blessed of time says, I would watch a, De- a Jeff talk show. <laughs> Love to hear it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's out in the universe now. People are... Uh, are- are wanting the Jeff Brutlag show. Well, guess we're going to have to start a, <laughs> what's a, I was going to say storyboarding, but that's not the, uh, the quite the word for that. Yeah. We'll start brainstorming for that. Get that planning done. Um, okay. Now kind of, yeah, moving on to the other, the social media and like your activision, activism, not activision, uh, and writing a lot of people listening, like probably follow you on Twitter. I've seen your tweets often retweeted as someone who uses their platform, to speak out on social issues. Do you think this is important? I would say yes. Um, I think if you're not actually going to use your own words to speak out on it, I think at least keeping out for, like keeping a lookout for people who are speaking out on this and lifting up their voices, I think can still say a lot about how you use your platform because uh, especially um, when we're in such a time where uh, there are attitudes out there that can threaten your safety. Uh, I think being able to say like, hey, this is how I feel about this thing that happened can be such a signifier for um, your potential audience to be like, oh, hey, I will be safe with that person. Like, especially when, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests started coming back up. Uh, Just seeing somebody just speak out about that, you know, genuinely, I'm not, you know, I'm sure a lot of people could have been performative just, you know, to get it, get new audience members. And, you know, if that's what you were doing, <laughs> we want be you. better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think getting to see like that you speak out against, you know, any sort of, you know, kind of bigotry, I think really lets people know, like, this is going to be a place where I don't have to think about whether or not I'm going to be the target of, mm any sort of bigotry or I'm not, I'm just not going to have to have that. I'm not gonna have to be on guard here. How has it been effective for you then? Uh, you know, do, do you think it is effective people calling out on, uh, on Twitter? I, you know what? I would say yes, because uh, there have been a lot of people, you know, sort of signaling like, Oh my God, I'm losing so many followers because I'm speaking out on this. And it's like, well, <laughs> then you're taking out the trash. Yeah. Like where were you? Why weren't you doing this to start? You know? 
Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that it does work because we see the actual effects of speaking out, which means people are, you know, who don't want to hear these things, who don't want to have to think about it, who might be the kind of people who do speak and step over those lines and make people feel unsafe are being ostracized and honestly good. Yeah. <laughs> like learn to be a better person. And you have a you have a big following, you have a, a big community. If somebody is kind of unsure or doesn't know anything about those issues, them seeing you uh, speak out on it can influence them a lot. I No, I absolutely agree. Um, and I think a lot of people have, feel the pressure to get it right all the time. Like they see people speak out and they think, oh, I just I don't have the eloquence or the, um, the ability to just like share my opinions like that thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to get it right immediately. Like nobody's going to like drag you through the mud if you like get a little tiny thing wrong mm -hmm. when you're speaking out with these things. But um, I think just it's a matter of just say like simply stand saying like what you believe in and standing yeah. up for that and yeah raise other voices so for example like when it was the uh black Lives matter movement most of i i maybe posted one or two things but i was making sure retweeting others uh giving voices to those who are maybe have smaller followings or people who can talk about it from experience um, yeah that's just, i think that's just as important uh, yes but like what do you say to those people then who think they're that speaking out, uh, you know, and in support of causes that they, but they want to do it, but they worry that their platform's too small. Because uh, they think, oh, you know what? No one's going to see it. Why should I? Uh, because you never know who's watching. Um, Twitter is such a big world uh, and Twitch is such a big world. You don't necessarily know, like at all times, who's looking at your tweets, who's watching your streams, um, who's looking at any kind of content you're putting out there. Uh, so you may only have, you know, say you only have 25 followers on Twitter. Uh, that's still 25 people who um, identified, potentially identified differently than you. So the chain reaction that could start from you speaking out could be much bigger than just 25 people. Um, if your Twitter's not privated, there are so, like the entirety of Twitter can be seeing your tweets. Mm. And that's a whole untapped audience you don't have of people who could see that tweet and be like, oh, this could be a streamer or a content creator I'm interested in. Uh, and to see that they stand up for these things makes me more likely to want to support their content. Oh, I agree with you there. And what's the best experience that you've had on Twitter, whether through your speaking out on social issues or just in general? Do you have a moment that you can think of or an experience you've had? You know, I I feel like there was like a tweet that I put out where it was really nice to see. You know, I did tweet about the LGBTQIA tag um, a couple of years ago. Um, and it was really nice to see. Um, it did create a lot of discourse. There were mm. definitely a lot of people that were like, you're gatekeeping, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to see how many people and how many circles around um, other LGBTQIA streamers were, you know, either thinking about this or, um, you know, felt similarly. It was nice to, you know, see just how big uh, that opinion spread and how many people, you know, maybe didn't know how to bring it up mm -hmm. um 
but you know could see someone else and uh someone else speak their mind on it yeah and say oh hey that is how i feel i've just been waiting for someone to say that uh and it was it was nice to see the other conversations that came around it that you know like people who are bisexual, but maybe in like in a hetero presenting relationship um, that felt like they couldn't use the tag. Uh, so it ended up, not only was it, you know, just simply the discussion around straight people using the LGBTQIA tag, but it created so many conversations for within the queer community that I don't think like all of us are thinking about all the time. I totally agree with you as well. Cause I was um, actually, yeah, I remember it was a couple of years ago. I was, I remember seeing that cause I remember there was a, a friend of mine who I lost didn't want to have anything to do with me because originally I was like, yeah, I don't know why we don't let allies use it. That's fine. And then I looked at people's opinions, read loads about it. Who knows? I probably read loads from that, uh, from that tweet of yours that came out and saw exactly why I think it's a great idea to restrict it to just people of the LGBT community. And yeah. that kind of stuff does change people's opinions because often you look at the replies of tweets and it's an absolute shit show um but sometimes you get a really cool debate and you see some really interesting replies but yeah for sure just yeah avoid yeah don't look too much is it called doom scrolling is that a thing you know i've always heard that term and i like i loosely know what it means but i just always say don't look at the replies yeah <laughs> just is it nothing good's gonna come from it the great thing is like with replies now i think people that you follow if they've replied to it they'll they'll be at the top so as soon as yeah. you start seeing replies that aren't from people you follow, stop. <laughs> yep. There you go. There you go. Um, what, uh, so like, what is the worst? I know this is probably going to be, you don't need to, to uh, reply, but what is the worst experience that you've had on Twitter? Ooh. Um, there are definitely some people who feel obligated to comment on your appearance i think mm. um i don't i haven't necessarily had any like terrible experiences regarding um like my identity like i i've gotten a few like messages with people like saying just disgusting things like and i'm like you really took the time to click on the dm button and tell me something really homophobic because what yeah. <laughs> like you thought it was going to do something yeah um but be you know straight from now on that's yeah you make oh, a you good know, point. Right. you're right <laughs> you i i never would have gotten here until this very moment thank you <laughs> um but no like you know i think uh when it comes to social media like the beautiful thing about it is like you get to see so many different opinions but also the downside is that you get to see so many different opinions <laughs> So like if I think the one time like that I got really in my head about something it was like I posted a selfie and like someone was like, what do they say? It was, was still when I had like really long sideburns <laughs> um, and someone was just like, oh, my God, please just shave those off. You look old or something like that. And I was just like, oh, no, <laughs> like I got in my head so much. So like I think most of my experiences that are not OK on Twitter are like when people make comments that, you know, they really just shouldn't you know with things that you can't necessarily control yeah that's true I've, I've had comments on my appearance before and i'm like and they hurt because sometimes i look at it and go yep they're right <laughs> there's an element of truth in there aren't too uh, yeah yeah need to, but you need to get a haircut but you know what that's that's their problem not yours exactly that they're making that comment yeah 
Um, speaking of LGBT tag, we just had a comment um, from Misbehaving in there. Said, I wish there was an ally tag so people uh, knew it was a safe space. I know every place should be considered a safe space, uh, but that's not the case right now. And I want people, LGBT community, to know that my stream is a safe place. Uh, how would you recommend then that somebody lets their know, lets people know? Because it's great that you want people to know, but obviously, is a tag necessary or are there other ways? I don't think a tag is necessary. Uh, I don't think a tag is necessary uh, because I think the way tags work on Twitch that does give a um, that gives um, allies a directory that gives allies a the word I want to use is platform. I don't know that that necessarily tracks here, but there is um, a sense of discoverability that comes from that. I think if you as an ally really want to signify that your space is safe, there is work that you can do that is not just wearing a badge that says ally. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, say that, um, but you can do all the work. You, you can say that. And if you're not doing all the work, then it means nothing. Uh, so be putting in your rules that, you know, all the like the specific kinds of hate speech you don't you don't accept. Like people will just say, like, don't be a dick. Uh, and it's like, OK, well, People sometimes think being homophobic isn't being a dick. Mm -hmm. No, actually sit there and say, no homophobia, no sexism, no transphobia, no like ableism. Like sit there and like list out all the things you will not tolerate. Say what your community stands for as far as inclusivity. Um, and if you have all those things there, people who want to feel safe in your community will see that and already know that they can be safe. You don't necessarily need to have a specific tag uh, for that. Very, can't, can't disagree with a single bit of that. And I, I think if you check out, uh, I think it's Pleasantly Twisted. Mm -hmm. uh, I think she just did a tweet, might have been yesterday actually, a tweet thread or the yep. day before. Check that out. She had, a, it was, she had a really good argument about why um, an ally tag is unnecessary. Yep. I, I, anytime I see her tweet about it, I'm like, co-signed, yeah. absolutely. She's great. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Right. So where am I looking? Here we go. Um, so like stepping away from games and social media for a second, you are a published author. <gasps> That's it. That's and me. you've also written stories and opinion pieces on that you publish on Medium. Uh, what do you enjoy most about writing and what is next for author Jeff? Ooh, um, I think what I enjoy most is uh, how much more eloquent I am through writing than I am in like speaking, yeah. which is funny because so many people are like, oh my God, you like, you have such thoughtful opinions and like the way you say things is so intelligent. And I'm like, thanks, I guess. <laughs> I don't feel like that. But I think the way I, I, the way I feel about my writing is uh, my thoughts are so much more concise and clear. Yeah. So I feel better about expressing myself that way. Um, and being able to tell a story, whether it's, you know, about my own experiences or uh, if it's about fictional characters that I've created, I think being able to tell a story and have a story that's something that people can take something away from, whether it's they resonate with it, like, oh my God, I've been in that position, uh, whether they can learn something from it or if they can just enjoy it, just be entertained um, yeah. by the simple like art of creating something with word. Um, I think it's really great to me. Um, I have been working on a piece about uh, non-binary, um, sort of like non-binary self-image. Um, since I've recently sort of 
kind of come to the conclusion that I'm on the non-binary spectrum. Uh, so I've been working on that. It's almost finished. So expect that soon. Ooh, where will you be uh, posting this? Um, most likely I'll be posting it on my Medium account. Um, but uh, my, uh, because I, am, I, I feel like this piece could be important, I may look around to see if there are any other publications that might want it. Fantastic. And will we ever see a conclusion to your story that you said that you wrote when you were high school, was it? Or the first thing that you wrote? You, there was, you said there was a novel that you said probably won't ever see the light of day. It will never see the light of day. <laughs> oh, well. I think I don't even think I have access to that file anymore. I would have to go deep into like my MacBook that I don't even use anymore to try and find it. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about it. Sorry. Follow, follow Jeff's Medium. So there's lots and lots of articles on there. Um, so let's look at gaming, Jeff. Can you remember yes. the first game that you ever played? I'm trying to think. Um, so I know my older brother had access to the original Game Boy. Um, and uh, he ended up leaving his Super Nintendo behind. Um, and I also had a PS1. And it's hard to know, like... Which one of those came first? Yeah. <laughs> because they all kind of happened at the same time. Um, I'm exactly one of the, the same. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. The Game Boy and the PlayStation, I can't remember which one I played first. <laughs> right. Because I remember, like, in school, people were talking about Pokemon. Mm. Um, and I know for sure, like, I had played something before that. Um, I So I want to say, like, my first game ever was Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> As, like, a little six-year-old. <laughs> That was one of my first as well. No way. Yeah. And then I, I love that. Uh, the second, I got a save file corruption on the second disc, so I could never finish it. And I got angry and never played it again. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had, I had a demo for it at first. And I remember playing that like over and over. Mm. Uh, and I loved it. Yeah. I mean, Final Fantasy VIII is a first game that is a pretty solid one uh, oh, to yeah. start off on. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you played any of the remake of it? Oh, well, the kind of the remaster. The remaster i did yeah. a little bit um i realized at least for me as a gamer it uh aged poorly i won't say that for like anyone else because i know a lot of people still really love that game but mm. i think as far as uh like the progression system in it and the uh dialogue <laughs> yeah. and the uh uh some aspects like that uh i realized i don't love it as much as i did it still like has an important piece in of nostalgia like seeing uh everything about it yeah um, but no, getting to watch the, uh, the remake where like all the main characters are very HD, but like the non-important characters are still very pixelated. Okay, <laughs> I was yeah. like, what's going on there? What happened to them? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I don't think I will replay eight. Although Ed yeah. says eight is amazing. I will not hear a word against it. Uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not coming for anyone's favorite game. I'm not coming for it. I'm just saying personally for me, it has not aged well and that's okay. Also, Moni says, yeah, um, Annie's like, what's going on? Stop twinning. Uh, also, as well, when you're talking about Super Nintendo, my sister left me her Super Nintendo for two weeks. Unfortunately, she came back after two weeks. <laughs> so Are we just like... I know. We're like... It, we should never meet. I think it's one of those... We're almost, we're almost <laughs> doppelgangers. Yeah. Oh, the, no. The world will end. Oh, no. <laughs> I... Okay, what game do you think you've put the most time into? Because you're playing Final Fantasy XIV now, and who knows? That, I wonder if that'll end up being it, if it's not it that already. That will end up being it, for sure, considering how many I've already put in. Yeah. Um, but as of 
now. I believe it's Stardew Valley. Okay. Because uh, I have about 250 plus hours on there. Um, which is honestly, it's a game that I never thought I was going to like. Because um, I saw people play and I was like, oh, this looks uh, nice and calming. And uh, there's so much to do in it. And I never thought, but like, I was like, I don't know if it's going to be something I can like, that will hold my attention for that long. And it turns out it held my attention for 250 plus hours. <laughs> okay. That sounds dangerous. I'm possibly starting it soon as well. So, uh... Ooh, well, I think because you do a lot of Animal Crossing and have um, been able to stay engaged with it, I think you could uh, potentially have a lot of fun with Stardew Valley as well. I did a bit during the 24-hour stream and I was like, ooh, this is, catch this is grabbing me. <laughs> this is mm -hmm. uh, definitely grabbing me. And mm -hmm. So I will definitely be looking to... Who do, who do you do romance? First person I romanced was Elliot. Okay. Um, because he's a writer and I so had a story playthrough. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to the one without the hair. <laughs> the There's a character that's bald, so that's, you know. Ah. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to giving that a go. On PC or Switch? I, so I first played it on Switch. Um, I, with PC, if you wanted to mod it or anything, you know, the option's there. Um, and I find it to be actually a little... Uh, actually, the control scheme's fairly the same on Switch, so I don't... I don't necessarily have a preference, but all the updates and stuff usually come to PC first. So I would say go PC if you have it. Gotcha. Yeah, I have it on PC, Switch. Uh, I even have it on mobile. Because oh, I was nice. like, I got a new mobile. I was like, oh, this is a new mobile. It's funky. I'm going to buy and download Stardew Valley and then never played it. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was on mobile too. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, what are your top three games of all time? Mm, okay, including Silent ones that might be great because of nostalgia because you know you have that sometimes where you go back Absolutely. and you go oops <laughs> this isn't the uh, best Silent Hill 2 is always the one that comes to mind first um, it's um, as far as like spookiness and like horror goes it's one of my faves uh, because the horror is so like even though there is a lot of like monstrous horror in it like a lot of the really like terrifying and um just really the things that last with you are more so like the stories of these characters as opposed to like the scary monsters you're seeing. Mm. Um, did you, I loved, go so ahead. Did you watch uh, Silent Hill movie? Because apparently that's based on two, isn't it? Or there's a lot of two involved in it. Um, they used some things from two, like they um, incorporated um, the, the, the big pyramid head. I know he was more of a... Uh, feature in two than he was in one um, but the actual story is almost a carbon copy from the first game okay um, yeah oh we just got a raid from nicholas Vange. nicholas thank <gasps> you so much for the raid hi nicholas lovely lovely guys uh, nicholas uh, thank you so much for that we're just talking about jeff's uh top three games of all time that was uh, silent hill 2 what are your other two uh the other one that always comes to mind is until dawn oh um, I think as far as like horror games go, um, in general, that's like, it hits so many things that I enjoy about gaming where like, it's got like the suspense, it's got like things that you like the choices, like you, you have no idea what's going to happen if you make either of these choices. Um, and as far as like a story playing all the way through, like I thought it worked so well. Like nice. I would, if they made like a movie out of Until Dawn, like I would, I'd be right there. That'd be like one of my ideal horror movies. It was great. How many times have you played it? Have you got, have you done any? Three. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, I did it for the first time just over a year ago, and I was going so well. And then right at the end, it was like a massacre. <laughs> like about three people escaped. Yeah, <laughs> there are definitely some characters in there that have multiple ways they can die. Yeah. And uh, it's scary. And some of the opposite. There was a, I can't remember her name, but there was a very annoying person who I was like, you know what? They're about to die. I'm just going to let them die. And then they didn't. Uh, oh. <laughs> it was the helicopter bit, I believe. Or somebody, or maybe something fell. They fell and I let them fall. Oh, yeah. And, oh, I, and like, I know I know exactly who you're talking about because nobody likes her. Yeah, exactly. I'm, like, I'm fine. And then she appeared later. I'm like, oh, dear. And then she was yeah. very, not only did she appear later, but she was very, very angry as well. Oh, of so, course. I know. So upset. So upset. Um, and what about your third yeah. favorite? My third is actually, um, it's an indie game that actually ended up getting a lot of attention, I feel. Uh, I absolutely wholeheartedly fell in love with Night in the Woods. Um, and I um, actually, I've been like really wanting to replay it, so I might do that soon. But I just think the way they, um, the dialogue in it, like is so natural and so mm -hmm. like everyone's dialogue is so characteristic to them. Um, the characters themselves all have like really, really unique, well-written stories and it's equally cute and fun and like lighthearted as it is like punching you right in the gut with feelings. Like, so I just think it, it captures like so much of like the human experience, even though no character is actually human, <laughs> um, in this like really cute minimalist, uh, package. Uh, yeah, I, I love Night in the Woods. One of my favorite games as well. It was, I think, it was my number two game of the year when it came out. And the yeah, <laughs> uh, Greg. Yeah, and also yeah, for anybody like that's watching, beautiful queer representation mm. as well. How many times have you played that? Because there's different playthroughs. Because you can spend more time with one person in different playthroughs, so you right. can uh, you get a little bit of variety as well. Right. I ended up doing only one so far. I ended up focusing on um, the character of B a lot mm. uh, because there was like um, some instances of it that kind of like resonated with me with her story. So I wanted to see more of that. Yeah. Um, so, but then when I realized that there's more to be seen, if you go hang out with the other friends, um, that's why I want to replay it for sure. Yeah. I think I stuck with Greg. Cause he so, and his so silly, but silly, but also he and his, boyfriend's relationship and stuff as it progresses so realistic and oh, yeah. it just even though they're animals they it just yeah it just it's so well written it really is love it. oh my god so so good i knew I, I fell in love like at the beginning when she gets she goes through the woods to get home and then her dad's like oh i thought you were back tomorrow she's like you thought wrong <laughs> <laughs> God, she was such a fun character to follow. Yeah. Like, just equally ridiculous as she is, just like a really well rounded character. Yeah. It was, oh, I love that game so much. In fact, yeah, I actually bought that on the Switch as well, so nice. I can just goof around with it. Um, okay, now on to, oh no, this is actually my favorite question. This was Devon Bumpkin. This is the Devon Bumpkin question because he was like, oh, do you want fancy adding this to it? And I was like, oh my God, this is such a good one. What is your favorite game soundtrack? Ooh, um, I've currently been listening to the Persona 4 soundtrack a lot. Oh, um, okay. And I'm leaning toward that being like pretty heavily my vibe. Because mm -hmm. um, it has a lot, of, it has a lot of like 90s influences. Um, and it's very, I don't know how to describe it other than just 
it's my vibe. It's very like pop, like rocky kind of sort of mm-hmm. vibe to it. And I listen, it, it makes me feel, it makes me feel hyped. Just okay. To it. it makes me feel good. I'll, uh, I never played Persona 4. Uh, but other than that, like most of the Final Fantasy soundtracks have been stellar. Yeah. Like there hasn't really been one where I'm like, that one could have been better. Have you played the, uh, well, you played Remake, right? Yes. Have oh you, my God. That, that soundtrack was phenomenal, wasn't it? Oh my God. They honestly, like they modernized so many of like the soundtrack, like so many of the songs that I really liked in the original soundtrack and like made it so modern and relevant. And I was just like, oh, this is genius. Yeah. When you saw Aerith for the first time and then just like the little hint of Aerith's theme mm-hmm. playing. Oh, I could go on and on about how her rework is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I would love a PS5 update to that. Ooh, that'd be great. Especially if they're releasing the second one on PS5. You'd think they might have a little I would, patch. I would think so. But yeah, that'd be great. Oof. Going on to games. Well, I said, what games are you currently playing now? So you, um, are there any other, so you're playing Hades. Are there any other mm-hmm. games? Because you said that was your main game. Are there any other ones that you're playing or picking up? Uh, have been doing a little bit of Persona 4. Um, and that one's been uh, fun because I had done Persona 5 first. Okay. So there's actually quite a, uh, quite a difficulty jump if you go from 5 to 4. Okay. Um, because 5, I think they make a little easier for people who've never played the persona games to kind of get more get more time to adjust to that yeah uh whereas persona 4 is just like here's how to do the game um now fight and don't die (laughs) um are you playing the golden version because that just came to steam right is that why yeah okay i never thought i was going to be able to play it because i knew it was for vita yeah Uh, and i never uh, i Vita was never something I was going to get because there were so few games on it that I would actually wanted that I was just like, I guess I'm not ever going to play it. Uh, so once it did come out on uh, on Steam, I was like, thank goodness. I was, yeah, I remember I had a Vita uh, and I'd like, I only completed one game and it was the Uncharted one. Um, and I played a little bit of the Gravity Rush, but I just remember Persona 4 Golden just never was never on sale. <laughs> it was always like oh. 50 pounds or whatever. So oh, that Atlas like, just wanted to take all your money. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like them. Um, going, uh, so onto other games. Uh, Marcus, thank you so much for that question. I will uh, put up, I'll add that to the, uh, when we go on to like viewer questions very soon. Do you game off stream? Yes. Um, I've actually been trying to do more of it off stream because um, a lot of times I'll end up just uh, after I'm done with the stream, I'll, you know, do my little night routine where like I give my cat his wet food because um, usually he's like, chop, chop, let's go <laughs> um, and heat up my dinner and I'll be watching like a TV show of some sort. Um, but usually after that, I've been um, instead of like just finding myself vegging on the couch for a lot longer, if I still want to give myself that night of just relaxing it's nice to kind of boot up a game and just kind of do something a little bit more mm. uh interactive uh so i've been doing um trying to catch up a lot on final fantasy 14 yeah uh, since i'm still very early oh god the, where uh, are you in it still in a realm reborn which i know is very early and very <sighs> just very bad it. yeah what um are you have you like what level quests are you doing just to know where uh, you're. i'm on the i just I'm level 46 now, so. Okay, yeah. I was uh, talking to Ed, who is also, he's currently in the bit between A Realm Reborn and uh, 
uh, and the first expansion. Okay. And I don't think he realized there were 80 quests in between those two. So uh, <laughs> it's a slog. We'll get there. Yeah, it really it is a slog. But honestly, it's worth it. And it's, like Heaven's Ward will come is great. Then Stormblood, also very good. And then Shadowbringers is just one of the best Final Fantasy stories. I've heard, so I'm really excited to get there. Brilliant. It's worth it. It's worth the, yeah, I, I put like 650 hours into that game before uh, getting there. <sighs> so what game are you looking forward to playing or streaming this, uh, this year? Uh, very obviously Resident Evil Village because I love the Resident Evil series. Um, but other than that, I know they announced, um, what is it? The Evil Dead game. Okay. And what's funny is like, I was, you know, knowing what the gameplay is going to be like, part of me is like, I would never like actually think about streaming a game like this, but it's so, it caught my eyes so well. And because I know it's going to be so ridiculous, campy horror, I'm like, I can't <laughs> not at least stream this once. Campy horror sounds. Yeah. Stream. It's just, <laughs> stream oh yeah, happy. it's ridiculous. And honestly, the gays love it. Like yeah. it, the the more silly that like all this really spooky stuff is, like the more that we're just gonna have, like think it's ridiculous and have fun with it. Evil Dead, I'll have to look out for that one. Did you play any of yeah. Evil Within? I feel like I would have enjoyed mm. that. So I played the first one for a little bit, and I remember people saying like, "Oh, this horror game, this is such a good horror game," and like just really just so stellar and i like played like an hour of it and i'm like i am not intrigued no <laughs> i do not care i've heard the second one's a lot better but i'm that's what i've heard too yeah i don't know whether i will look into that or not yeah i might just like read a little story synopsis of the first one and then jump into the second one yeah i think that might be a good a good idea what about like the zeldas and stuff like that coming out is have you played <sighs> breath of the wild are you a fan i love breath of the wild it took me a little while to get into it though because um even though I knew, I felt like open world was such a natural progression for Zelda. I didn't, uh, it was theory and practice felt different for me when I was playing it. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I was in there, I was like, oh my God, this is so, there's such a a long time between this main story part to this main story. You'll come to know that I'm very much about like the main stories of things. Uh, so oftentimes that's what drives me to get through a game. So mm navigating from main story objective to main story objective felt so long to the point where like it wasn't until like some of the more intri intriguing parts of the story came in that i was i felt myself more motivated to play it yeah did you find did you play any of the dlc because i that would get a bit more like stuff to do didn't i it? didn't yet but um i didn't have a switch uh when breath of the wild first came out so i had it on my wii u which i don't have anymore so i would have to completely play through breath of the wild again to do it yeah which maybe yeah I thought, is hard mode unlocked from the beginning i don't think so it's i'm not uh, sure though oh it might be i think that was added with dlc but i don't know if it's from the beginning you might be yeah. able to but yeah hard mode's a different game it feels very different yeah for sure what was your game of the year for last year did you have one I mean, I have to say Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, I just... Um, I think uh, it's just it did so many things well, especially for someone who grew up with so many um, yeah. RPGs, uh, that it felt it felt so new while also uh, 
bringing in a lot of those things I remember from when I first played the game. Yeah, and did you did you play the original like from start to finish when yes. you were younger? I even like uh for those who put like sunk so many hours in it, like I also did the whole like golden chocobo side quest to go get the all powerful knights of the round materia. Um like I sunk some hours into that game. Yeah. Did you did you play that after eight then? I'm guessing with obviously eight being your first. No, what's funny is actually like I never actually finished eight. Um and then I what's funny is I was one of those kids that didn't have a memory card for some reason. <laughs> okay. Like <laughs> I think I think it's because I didn't quite understand how they worked and also my mom, like when she got the PlayStation, didn't quite know, you know, that you needed a memory card too. Yeah. So we both were just kind of stumbling through this and it wasn't until like I was like, Oh mom, I think I need a memory card. I got one for like three bucks and that yeah. was fine. <laughs> Finally was able to get through them. Memory card. God, I remember that. We're currently about twenty three nautical miles from Amasya. In uh, Turkey, it looks beautiful as well. I can't Google, oh Google images. That. that is stunning. So I'm going to go and uh, quickly we'll do one more question before going on to ones from the community. I did. Uh, there is a bit of time we've got when we land as well. But uh, what are your plans for the future? Do you have any goals? Do you set yourself goals or just have fun? My goal is always just to keep um, to keep growing, to keep um, figuring out how to have you know, new ways to have fun with my content, new ways to bring content um, that the community is interested in. Um, but, you know, challenging myself to do things that, you know, I may not have wanted to do because I felt like I was too small or um, because, you know, I felt like I didn't necessarily have the skill set yet. Um, like, I think it'd be nice to, you know, be able to create something that does help me engage more, like a more regular segment, kind of like what you're doing here with streamers. Oh, um, a more regular segment where I can, you know, get involved with, you know, the greater Twitch community and um, have either important conversations or, you know, fun conversations. I didn't uh, actually include any questions about it, but you are a, so obviously you're a fellow member of Rainbow Arcade. I don't think I've even mentioned that uh, so That's far. Me. You're also in the Plant Army. Are you a team leader? Yeah. In there as well. And with those two, like, how have you been able to, how have you found being a part of those two stream teams as, you know, as a way of interacting? What's been people. nice about it is because um, being a leader for Plant Army, uh, you know, and the, the team itself is founded on inclusivity and, you know, building community. Um, and I think a lot of people on the Rainbow Arcade, what's been nice is that they're all pretty similar. So what's been nice about being the leader for one team as, you know, being a participant of the other, it's been nice to, you know, have, you know, that leadership experience and seeing how like Rainbow Arcade is doing a lot of things that I already kind of stood for as a leader. So it's kind of been like, oh, great. It's like, it's nice to be in this team that, you know, already is doing the things that, you know, I wanted to get out of a team. Uh, but then being a leader for a team has been great because it's nice to be able to to gain that experience. And it's, it's almost uh, humbling to see that, like, people, like, actually will look to you for, like, if they're confused about something or, like, how to grow a community. Mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to, you know feel like, you know, what I have been doing um, since the start of um, being on Twitch has gotten me somewhere that, you know, I can feel confident in what I've been doing. Brilliant. Yeah, I imagine. I don't know too much about Plantarme. I'll have to uh, have a look into that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, what we, um, the streamers that we look for uh, mostly and what we consist of are people who are inclusive, you know, standing up for 
uh, LGBTQIA rights, um, standing against racism. Um, we look for people who are usually um, very community oriented, like usually chatting more often than not. Um, and just people who are usually, you know, more on the positive side. Okay. Well, let's go to get some, uh, let's go to the community questions as we begin to make our way. <laughs> this is uh, kind of the tense moment as we slowly bank around. I hope your seatbelt's on because do go to some angles here. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is strapped oh, in. Oh, dear. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, hopefully we're able to concentrate for this one because, yeah, this is a, uh, well, the red means the red on the approach means that it's either uh, too fast or too slow. Usually one of the oh, two. Okay. Oh, it's very red. It's <laughs> a lot of, at the moment it's very red. We haven't, we're not entering just yet, but okay. uh, yeah, hold on to your seats. It might, it exactly, might get bumpy. Uh, and that's not just the graphics. <laughs> it's stressing. Oh. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why this is going to be the last one for a while. Is like <laughs> the new PC is on its way. So the, uh, we know there will not be any, uh, any crashing. Uh, well, as in software crashing. <laughs> the actual oh, flights. That, that, huh. Nothing happens with the new PC. That will be exactly the same. <laughs> um, okay, having a look. So we had a question. This is from Gemma, who says, I know Jeff is a writer and a streamer. I think of streaming as something that requires a lot of externally focused energy and writing as something that needs more internally focused energy or solo time. Uh, how does it balance the two? Does, uh, do you find it a, a challenge? And what advice would you give for folks trying to balance the two? Uh, I would, there is definitely that balance. I think with streaming, there's a lot of um, there is some creative energy that goes into it, but definitely it's more, um, it's more kind of like being socially on and more being aware of what's going on and trying to like have your headspace in so many different areas. Um, so it's draining in a different sense, I guess, okay. not draining like in a bad way, but like definitely like the way you use your energy. Um, so definitely balancing that with writing is, uh, is tricky because I think after a stream, like you feel you can sometimes feel physically exhausted from that. Um, and um, it can be tough to kind of like recenter yourself and just like be in your own headspace after that. Uh, so it is definitely tough to balance, but I think, um, yeah, it's, it, it really just comes down to like disciplining myself to just like sit there and kind of actually block more things out rather than having my head in so many different spaces. Yeah. Um, and a question that was from Marcus earlier, I should have probably asked you this at the very beginning. Um, which, uh, as somebody on the non-binary scale, what pronouns do you prefer to be used? So um, I go by he, him, or they, them. Um, I, I know a lot of people um, will go with they, them. Um, and I usually, if people like hard ask for like a preference, I will say they, them. Okay. Um, I don't, I know I look, I know I look like a man. So like if somebody says he, him to me, I'm, I don't feel dysphoric about that. Um, so if someone does refer to me as he, I'm not, it's fine. Pronouns are not so much of a concern to me personally, as much as, you know, how you actually know me as a person and um, how I explain how my gender identity actually is, where I just don't really identify with either masculinity or femininity. Okay. No, interesting. So there we know. There you go. You can actually, like I said, I should have probably done this right at the very beginning. Um, no, you're fine. 
but I was, uh, yeah, by the way, we, as we were entering the, uh, the approach to landing, Ooh. it said too slow. So too slow. I think you, when you fly in too slow is probably worse than too fast. So I would imagine. <laughs> I don't oh. think I've ever seen that problem before. Welp. <laughs> and well. Dominion, I think who knows about flying, says uh, he, he should be going around about one thirty, and we're currently at one twenty. <laughs> so okay. uh, well, there's we're not too far from the ground. I think if you want to oh, go for a little walk again. Um, Usagi Chan in the chat said, "Well." Uh, in the discord earlier said what game or games can they play over and over again and never get tired of it Ooh. i honestly think it's probably until dawn um yeah. i now played that one three times and honestly like if someone is like want to play until dawn i'd be like let's go <laughs> um because even though like i know what's gonna happen like it's just the amount of like different things that can happen and just like the tension that it builds is so great are there any, like, is that a, the game that you go for? Because sometimes, do you ever just go onto a Twitch directory and look for some people playing a specific game just because you want to either feel like nostalgia or you just love a game? I don't usually look for them, but I notice if there are people that I'm following that play a game that, like, either I enjoyed myself or just really, really like watching people's reaction to, like, I'll click on that immediately. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Usagi also says, what game or games, uh, do you hate and you'll never play again? And kind of linked to that. Have you ever stopped playing a game because it was so bad and you just couldn't play it anymore? Or stopped streaming? Maybe it was inappropriate. Oh, I'm trying to think of games that I felt like that. Um, I don't know that there was a game that I had to like legitimately stop playing because like i think it was more it wasn't for me kind of a thing yeah like because people had said it was really good and i just couldn't get into it where i've had to stop streaming a game mm -hmm. uh but i think a game so this is going to be slightly controversial yeah. but like the game that i like i know i could never ever ever play again even though i love watching people play it the danganronpa, the danganronpa games yeah <laughs> because the games were so ridiculous so just out of left field with so many things that I will never touch them again. No. I, I love watching people play them. I think they're a wonderful experience to see people go through, but I would never spend that many hours on that series again. <laughs> How many hours did you put in? Uh, well, each game is about 20 to 25 hours, because um, they're all and they're all visual novels. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot. It was a lot of reading and then a lot of like logic and like mind puzzles that you had to do. Mm. We're too slow again. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> actually speaking of vita games that was another vita game i played was uh trigger happy havoc i had no idea what i was doing but it was quite fun but yeah it's an experience really that's how is. i describe that's how i describe them <laughs> really really is and he says is there any game you think definitely needs a sequel mm. not that i can think of off the top of my head there was never really like a game where i'm like i would love to see more of this most of the games I have ended up playing that like have a full complete story, I'm kind of like, I can see it just ending there and that'd be okay. There's like other content I might enjoy like getting a deeper dive into, like if they were to throw in DLC of like a backstory for a character, yeah. sure. But I don't know that there's been a game where I'm like, I need to see more of this. Here we go. We're about to land <gasps> in Amasya. Oh, and oh, we're drifting a bit. It must be bit windy i think we'll, we'll we'll aim for the runway this time <laughs> mother nature says have fun have yeah. fun getting under this runway <laughs> brace brace <laughs> every single time we land we have to brace <laughs> oh, oh there we go luckily I think, 
It's a long one. It's a long runway. Yay. Ooh, oh, we're, no, we're taking off again. <laughs> there oh, we wait, go. again? Second time lucky. You know, it was such oh, a smooth. <laughs> it was such a smooth landing. I thought we'd do two of them. <laughs> Why not? Try it again. Try a second one. There we go. Look, we are slowing down. Oh, beautiful. We've survived. We have survived. <laughs> Love Bun's passed out. Oh, no. <laughs> this doesn't oh, look no. right. My spine. Luckily, it was Get very it comfy. <sighs> well, there we go. We survived. We did it. Yay. It's like one of the, yeah. What's it called? Uh, Ryanair, where they all applaud at the end. Because they're... Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> those flights. Every time that happens, I'm like, no. <laughs> thanks for not killing all of us. <laughs> th th thanks for not, you know, crashing. Yeah. Uh, um. Got a few, just a few more questions as we uh, taxi on down to uh, yeah. where we need to park. What are things that you do to prioritize or maintain your own mental health while maintaining a public face in spaces that have the potential to be mentally draining and toxic? Mm. Um, and do you have any advice? Because I think some people would definitely appreciate advice. Oh, yeah. Definitely what helps for me, um, I think a lot of streamers would talk about this too, is uh, if you stream a lot of video games, definitely having games that you never stream, like keep off stream, like... I want to say that Final Fantasy XIV is probably never something I'll stream just because it's so relaxing for me. Like, I'm straight up, like, when I'm playing it, I'm, like, lean back, my legs up on my desk. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am I am in, like, veg mode when I play it. Oh, I have an attic so, upstairs that I just sit with. Yeah. That's perfect. That's brilliant. Um, but, yeah, having types of games that you just have experiences with yourself rather than, like, be needing to be on and sharing it with the community, I think is yeah. definitely super helpful as a streamer um, and uh, having moments like having a life and activities that you do outside of streaming, I think is amazing. Uh, I think is 100% something you got to do because I find that when I start hyper-focusing on things going around, like um, for me, it's my streaming career. Um, if I start hyper-focusing on the numbers and, you know, the games we're doing and, um, how many people showed up and whatnot. It's, it tends to drain on my, you know, on my self-worth. <laughs> so, you know, doing things like, you know, baking, you know, getting to just like create something that's not Twitch related that, yeah. you know, I can just look at and be like, oh, I'm proud of that. Um, going out, you know, right now in a pandemic, not as easy, <laughs> but, you know, having moments with friends where you just um, do something that's not related to streaming. Um, literally like just taking yourself out of the twitch mindset and like doing something that's completely removed from that i think helps me so much i agree totally agree with that um so yeah i love it. Yeah, little cat who's who's your uh who's your cat that's smoky i didn't realize y'all were gonna hear his meow oh that's sweet um, oh. he's a sweet boy he's he's he does this thing where he sits here and just stares at me for the longest time before he decides that okay i'll jump up now so Aww. He'll yeah. be up here in a minute, probably. Atta doesn't even do that. It just barks. Like, get me up. There we oh, go. Oh, there we are. There he is. There's Smokey. The baby. Aw. Adorable. Adorable. Pets are the real stars of Twitch, Jinx. You're oh, truly. completely right. Oh, truly. It's like Atti. Although today, like, if I'm using mouse and keyboard, Atti's now decided that when he's sitting on my knee, if I'm using a mouse and keyboard, he, like, taps my arm to be like, no, no. Use that arm to wrap around me and, uh, no, and give me a hug. That's my arm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's Just for me. Like that. Um, to, 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 okay, two more questions. <gasps> okay. The little ones. Um, who is your favorite Sailor Scout? Okay. Um, 
I always say it's between Sailor Venus and Sailor Pluto. Um, but I think it's always going to have to go to Sailor Pluto because she's she has a very queenly personality and she's very regal. And I um, I look at that and I'm like, that's how I want to be. And the second question, will uh, will Jeff be doing more cosplay? I would like to. Uh, I think in my wildest of dreams, it'd be cool to do like a gender bent version of Meg from Hades, mm. uh, which would have, which I would include painting my face blue. So, uh, and I, I suppose part of my arms blue too. I don't know what I'd have to do for that, but <laughs> I think that even if it's just like a Meg face makeup, get like, in touch with Sierra, see what uh, see what they use. Already asked, and yeah. they gave me they gave me everything I need. <laughs> Brilliant. I have no idea how to turn this plane off. By the way, <laughs> I think the the inside of this plane is different from the one I normally use. Um, oh. So yeah, I've no idea how to actually turn it off. They gave you a whole new plane. They did. Uh, to to go with and they just said had fun yeah i'm not yeah not quite sure how to but i do know like the the buttons to actually turn it off good <laughs> just well, leave it running eventually it'll run out of gas it's right? for it's for the next person to worry about <laughs> whoever goes in next but yeah this plane is just on forever just press the eject button i already did that's why we lost jeff <laughs> i know i had to find my way back you know? yeah um okay well Jeff, thank you so much for joining me. Um, yeah, thank for you for flight. having me. Thank you, and I really, really hope we do get to uh, to have you on again, and when, maybe when we start doing some panels. Um, because yeah, for sure. Eventually, when we finally, finally, finally get to the US, I'm getting like a little crappy plane, you know, that will take a long time going over there and how it mix it up a lot. Um, so we'd definitely love to have you back. Oh, that would be wonderful. Oh, that'll be fun, and especially on a brand new PC with a 3080 graphics card. It's going to be... We'll actually be able to have clouds because you might have noticed that it's always during the middle of the day and it's also without clouds. Um, so being able to add those stuff to the to the flights is just going to be breathtaking. Oh, yeah, that'd be so, so stunning. Rain and things like that could be real. Oh, my God. I just Yeah, me flying this <laughs> live without uh, like with weather effects and cloud maybe at night and stuff there's yeah it'll be a whole new journey that we're all very excited <laughs> to see maybe we'll get that first crash <laughs> all right so jeff how do we find you how can people find you if they're just listening can, to this you can find me at uh, jeff Brutlog anywhere um i have a website jeffbrutlog.com um I'm on twitter at jeffbrutlog i'm on instagram tiktok um twitch i hear you had a tiktok that got like a million views uh there was an among us clip that i posted that got a million um, and then, uh, the other one that got the most plays, um, was one where I was just like being gay, amazing, liking men. Uh, and that one has like over 160,000 now. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, when is your next stream or when do you stream? Uh, I normally stream Sundays, uh, Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays at, uh, 1 PM mountain, um, 12 PM Pacific. So uh, that'll be today. Um, and, uh, every once in a while I do some bonus streams if people ask me to, uh, to be part of things. So keep an eye out on my Twitter, uh, for that. Brilliant. I'm so jealous. You get Jeff Brutlag on all platforms. <laughs> so lucky. So lucky. One day Biggest Venice will be on all platforms too. Well, well, that one person that hasn't logged into twitter.com slash Biggest Venice in 10 years, one day they'll have their account taken one day <laughs> i'm hoping i know that's what they did with um tumblr they started retiring loads of accounts that people haven't logged into or like the names of it or then uh -huh. they're just putting a generic name and i'm just like well can twitter do that 
please. They, I think if you contact support, they might help you out. Oh, I've but tried. Oh, I've tried. They're just gross. like, nope. They haven't logged on, I know, and they don't follow a single person in 10 years. But, you know, we need that. We need them to keep it. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you so, so much. Yeah, um, thank you again. It's been great getting to know you. And I know a lot of people from my community know you as well. And we share a bunch of uh, people. And it, it's nice to finally, you know, to meet somebody who is has so much in common as well. Like this has been quite a wild revelation. It's been, it's been an experience. And if we ever meet in person, the world will surely implode. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully TwitchCon, well, I don't know what'll, whether it'll be this year or uh, ne definitely next year, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't make any promises or book any flights. Right. But yeah, thank you so much. 